Welcome to Coffee and Change, a podcast where we talk about change in our lives, our work, and our world, and how we're managing it. On episode 45, I take a walk down memory lane some 28 years ago when I first met today's guest in Moscow, Russia, the year after communism fell. In this long overdue conversation and connection with a dear friend, a global citizen, a great mentor, and an award-winning patriot, we discuss the power of transformative change. Today's guest, Captain Yuri Tabak, was born in Moscow, USSR, and lived there until 1976. At 14 years of age, his family immigrated to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Upon graduation from Temple University's School of Pharmacy in 1985, he was commissioned an ensign in the U.S. Navy. Captain Tabak holds the distinction as being the first Soviet-born citizen to be commissioned as an officer in the armed forces of the United States. With nearly 30 years of service to his country, Captain Tabak's adventures took him all over the world and back to Moscow from 1992 to 1994 where he served in the U.S. Embassy as a member of the Prisoner of War Missing in Action Commission. Even in retirement, Captain Tabak continues his lifelong call to serve, supporting homeless veterans and assisting with organizing transport and treatment for severely wounded Ukrainian veterans. These days, you can find Captain Tabak providing political military analysis on American, Ukrainian, and Israeli TV and radio stations. It was an honor to have him on the podcast. Um, well, I appreciate you making the time to chat this morning. I think this oh, is be a it. very fun it. discussion. I mean, clearly oh, you're on shows that you said multiple times a day. So, yeah. yeah when I say, you know, Dobra Prajala Vadna Show, it's probably a little bit different than what you're used to hearing from, from some, you know, uh, broadcast no, actually, person in they, Kiev. They, the people always tell me, you know, let's go ahead and do it in English. Why don't you say this in English? Why don't you American? And I said, listen, what I'm saying in English is, is, is there, there are a bunch of people in the United States that are saying the same thing. I would be just another, but in Russian, it's different. Yeah. That's why I'm popular yeah. in the Russian speaking community. But I, I say the same, the same, you know, the same thing that you hear yeah. in the States yeah. on a more conservative for radio talk shows or conservative for whatever. Yeah. If you can say that. Something that your father was listening to, I'm sure. Or my mom. Or your mom, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dad these days doesn't listen to many broadcasts, I think, but he would listen to yours for sure. And I know that well, you guys were able to... Was... Oh, he's definitely going to listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't really... Like, normally on these things, I do a little bit more of, like, formalities and preparation, but I actually think the conversation that you and I will have will be... Uh, way more familiar which will be great for people to listen to and and it's probably goes without saying that you're not a man that lacks change and navigating change so i think there's a lot that we could talk about um but one of the things i would love to start off with is so the title of the show is coffee and change and i wanted to ask you coffee and change because it's a play on words right yes uh it's a play on words so i would say uh because it's uh, it's not change in the sense of uh, uh, changing a house, this house to another house. It's more of a change 
that at one point you were one individual and now you're a different individual or you changed your mind or you changed your uh, view of the world or something like this, which a uh, close subject to us, to your family, yes. to my family's gay issue. I grew mm-hmm. up, you know, in the Soviet Union where you go to prison for that. You're a criminal. Right. Basically, you're not even sick. I mean, in the United States, yeah. they kept saying, you know, it's some kind of sort of a sickness and stuff like this. In the Soviet Union, it was it was a crime. Mm-hmm. So you actually go eight years in prison, although I have no idea how you cure the or whatever their my idea was of punishing an individual who is gay, putting them in all male or all female right. uh, environment. But in any in any event, that that's how I grew up. That's how I grew up. Uh, 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 I remember when I found out about you, I, could, I couldn't put the two things together. You know, it was just something Michelle actually had to sit down and explain that to me, the whole thing. Why was that, do you think? No, Did that's that partly because of the upbringing, the Soviet, the being, you know, it, growing up in the Soviet upbringing, Union. And I think being a heterosexual is the same thing, you know, because mm-hmm. to you, it's bizarre. I mean, why would you go for another man if there are so many beautiful women around? It's just crazy, you know. Well, there are beautiful women and I, I still yeah, have yeah. the ability to see beautiful women. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if you're heterosexual, I mean, in right. a sexual way, you know, you right. say, like, what the hell is going on? But when, but when you uh, go through that change, when you yep. go in the, when you're in the military and uh, all of a sudden some of your best men, yeah, you know my military was mostly men. My days, some of your best men, all of a sudden somebody say, "Hey, you know he's a fat." You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Come on, you know he's not." You guys are just, you know, and then then you find out he is a, a, a homosexual, and you say, "Well, I mean." But what am I supposed to do? Well, in our military, in my days, you were supposed to report that individual. They're going to get punched. They're going to get thrown out. Less than honorable discharge. Not a pleasant thing. Mm-hmm. Then things changed. And it says, don't, don't tell, don't, don't ask, don't tell. Which became easier. Because on one, on one hand, you were, uh, uh, you were an officer who swore the allegiance. And you know, to me, it was so important to be a great officer. And all of a sudden, you have to go against the instructions, the regulations, and not report a homosexual. But then you say, "Well, I don't." Well, maybe you know. And then I think that the idea with bi came up. Well, he's not really home. He's bi. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, bi. It's okay. Nothing says about bi. <laughs> so you, people would come up. People would come up with all kinds of excuses. And then you say, well, "But, but, but," then you think if you if you're a real leader. If you're real, and I watched the movie yesterday about uh, 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 during World War One, a black platoon being caught on some hill mm-hmm. by the Germans, and they just wouldn't give up the hill because they were actually were given a chance to fight, and how people reacted. And the true leader, the general and the captain who were trying to get them out of there to save them, were true leaders. They kept saying, you know, maybe in the, in the civilian world different there in our country but here we're all soldiers we all fight together and right. we all bleed together and i in you know and at that at one point in the military i came up with this thing i said you know uh it doesn't matter we all fight they're talented and gifted sailors and soldiers mm-hmm. and i really don't care what they do outside of the base and i don't think anybody should really care and uh and that's how i changed i went through that transformation then of course i go back to russia into yeah. Ukraine, where that's not accepted. Yeah, I know. I've been, having now, been to Ukraine four right. times, I'm very familiar with it not being acceptable. And now I'm like this American who's saying, are you guys crazy? Or what's the matter with you? So I had a couple of shows um, uh, with them, and uh, 
I tell the story. I tell the story. He says, okay, it, it's irrelevant. Let's put that sexual side aside. Do you believe in your constitution? Do you believe uh, in, a, in, 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 a, in the rights of a man or a woman or whatever? And uh, now there's more than one woman. I'm still going through this transformation because yeah. my daughter is trying to explain to me there are more than men and a woman, and I can't. I, I'm still not there. I still don't understand that, but maybe one day. And I, uh, I said to them, I said, listen, there was, uh, I don't remember if you remember the October Square, October yep. Revolutionary Square, yep. where there's a huge monument of Lenin. Good. What a memory you have. So my office, the window, my NATO office, the windows would come out to that huge Lenin statue. It's like the biggest Lenin statue. I love that statue. <laughs> I just thought it was and, such wonderful art. <laughs> yeah, it's really genius. <laughs> There's a lot of thought put into it. And, right. uh, and, uh, and uh, I would look out the window. They would always have meetings there. <clears throat> so one day there is these meetings and they're... Uh, uh, gay rights for gay rights. So these guys, uh, gals there, of course, it's led by an American guy uh, uh, who is trying to fight for the gay rights in Russia, which I thought was suicidal. But anyway, uh, uh, I, I, kept, I, I remember I was standing there and I'm thinking, all right, if he gets out of here alive, I wonder if he's going to go to Iran and try to do the same thing. I don't know. But uh, so the cops show up, you know, the riot police shows up, beats the shit out and throws them in the truck and drives away. So uh, then that evening, uh, I'm with my Russian friends having a beer. And I'm telling and they, they showed that on the news. So they're all like, that's right, those fags, you know, they don't have no right. Why are they there? They're spreading disease. They're, you know, they're raping children. They're propagating all this. So I'm there like being an American trying to say, no, 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 actually, it's not true. Actually, you know, they're less criminal, you know, statistically than heterosexual. They're actually kind of peaceful people, you know, and actually they're very artistic. I say, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of calm. They're not as aggressive. They, they don't have that male aggression in them, as a matter of fact. Uh, and I said, no, I mean, raping children is wrong. Well, I heard this, oh, yeah, okay, well, he raped a boy. What if he would have raped a girl? I mean, would have been better. I mean, I don't understand. Raping children is not, is not cool. It's illegal either way. How you do it? So, I mean, I'm having this typical American argument with them. It's not working. And I said, listen, in your constitution, it says, a Russian citizens have the right to assemble. It does not say the Russian citizens have the right to assemble, except Jews, gays, you know, one-legged veterans. Right. And I said one-legged veterans, too. I remember that. And so, so a few weeks go by. They end up, you're, you're American. They brainwashed you in America. Next thing you're going to do is you're going to be, you know, they're going to convert you. I said, no, you can't convert me. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not convertible. You're either this or that. There's no way you can talk into it. So we're having this typical argument. And uh, a couple of weeks later, they, uh, uh, the veterans are around this Lenin statue now, these colonels and generals in uniforms and all their medals, you know how the Russians are. And they're protesting something out there. And there's one-legged veteran there. It's not funny. But <laughs> so the same cops, the same riot police shows up, beats the shit out of them, <laughs> throws them in the truck and drives away. So that evening we're with the same bunch of friends. And again, it's on TV. 
And they're like, what right do they have? These are our veterans and these are, you know, they defended our motherland. And did you see how they beat the shit out of this one-legged guy? He fell down and they kept beating him. And I said, guys, a few weeks ago, we had the same conversation. I told you, if you're going to allow this to happen to Jews, to gays, to, to whomever, to, to cat lovers, it's going to happen to you and then it's going to happen to veterans. You either live by constitution, within law, and respect every human being. I mean, even if he has a bone through his nose, that's how he likes it. Does it bother you? Don't look at him, you know. Turn around, turn your chair around, look the other way if it bothers you. don't. Well, what about gay parade? I mean, do you have to participate in a gay parade? I live in the United States 40 years, 40 years, more than 40 years. I have never seen a gay parade. The first one I've seen actually was in Kiev. <laughs> right. And I said, I've never seen one, you know. And uh, <coughs> so, we, you know, so don't, if there's something that you don't like, don't go there. What's the yeah. big deal? So when you say, so it's interesting because you described when you said like the transformation of a person, when they change their perspective, the way they see the world. In Russian, the, there's a lot of words for change, you know, pirimina, izminit. Like, if you yeah. were to think about which which one of these are you describing that that surmises like the personal transformation change that someone goes through? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your first question. You see how I am? I already, uh, I'm getting no. It's, like, no, it's uh, it's all part uh, of the story. I would say I would say that I would say coffee e pirimina. Okay, that's that's what I thought. That's the first one I came up with. And then the other part, which is the play on words, and I'm trying to remember my my Russian may not be that good, but because change. Peremena, peremena also has two meanings. It means okay. that you've changed something, mm -hmm. and it also it means that there is a break between two periods. Yes. Okay. Remember in school you had peremena? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the break between in between classes. The classes. Class, between, yeah. break between classes. Yeah. yeah I so never thought like of it that way, but yeah, that yeah. describes it perfectly. Um, and then, the, and then the other play on words, because like one of the things I do in my intro is the sound of coins or change, you know, when somebody opens the change drawer. And I'm trying to remember that in Russian. Is it zdacha? Like change zdacha, that you... Yeah. Zdacha. zdacha. So it, so it yeah. wouldn't make it, you know, the other play on words would be like coffee is zdacha. Uh, but that wouldn't no. be... No, no that it wouldn't would, work as well. I, would, I think it, pirimina would be better. Okay, that's good. Well, in that case, I mean, welcome to coffee pirimina. Cheers. my friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's go back 28 years. It's been 28 years that that we've known each other. Yeah, really. Um, oh my God. time. Yeah, 20. I think that's by. right. 1992 is when I met you. Is that 1992. Right? That's right. 1992. Your dad came up to me. It was a funny story. Tell the you story. <laughs> because you know what? Because I don't. Um, uh, uh, I don't. You know, being, a, I guess, a Russian or something, I don't really understand a lot of acronyms and a lot of uh, things like that. Like the first time when Michelle told me that you were LGBT or something like this, and I, and I was sure that you went through some kind of army training, leadership, something, you know. Uh, and I kept saying, okay, well, great. I said, you know, I knew Billy would make a great officer, you know, I'm very proud of him. And he's like, Dad, he's gay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I couldn't understand what is with the LLGBT. I, I, I swore I was, I thought there was some kind of leadership development, uh, you know, junior officer, LG, leadership junior development, something. Somehow I translated into my own mind. So um, 
I was, uh, I had a problem in Moscow when we showed up there in uh, 92 because my wife and Michelle, who was uh, only one year old, were back in the States and I knew I was stuck in Moscow now for a while. So I wanted Irene to come and she says, well, I can't come because I have a job here. I have Michelle here. I can't come. I can't come. And uh, I was kind of depressed over it. Uh, so she came to visit me and we stayed in that Aerostar hotel, which was yeah, we, you know, we lived cannot... there for several months, I think. I yeah, think but we, the we thing were there is, like outside, three or four months. Because you, because you couldn't live outside, because it was all dilapidated Soviet communist system. You know, people, young people here in the United States don't understand what socialism is. How disastrous this, this stuff is. I mean, those of us who were in the military, we know that even in that small world of socialism, everything is upside down and nothing works, you know, and have bureaucracy. And, and even though we rotate, can you imagine when people sit in the same positions for years and years and years and it's that kind of environment, everything becomes dilapidated and doesn't function. So we were only staying in one Western hotel and all Westerners would stay there. So... Uh, Irene came to visit me and she stayed. Irene is my wife, our listeners. So she came and stayed uh, with me for a couple of weeks. And I was trying to do everything possible to, uh, uh, for her to stay. And I couldn't, I couldn't come up with anything. So then I come to the hotel one time and there were always these businessmen in one corner that celebrating opening up champagne because with some ministry, they signed a contract for millions of dollars. And in another corner, the other businessmen are trying to shoot themselves in the head because the, the minister has changed and the money is gone and they don't know. And, uh, you know, it's like now the, what Giuliani is looking for $5 billion in Ukraine. Where did that go? Nobody knows. No, what, what happened? You know? I know what happened. It got stolen. That's what happened. It's a Soviet system, you know. It's a, it's a socialism, and it's best for you. So then, the, uh, and I'm in uniform. So this one lunatic runs up to me and says, "Hey, Lieutenant, I used to be in the Navy. I used to be the same rank as you are. You know, let me buy you a beer and blah 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 blah." And you know, and it's like I'm like, "Oh my God!" I thought it was only in the United States. Some drunk would come up to you in a restaurant and oh, let me buy you a beer. I should have stayed in. I would have been retired by now, you know." And stuff like this so i said yeah all right so let's have a drink if you yeah i was in the navy i was in the... i said well sounds like the guy is not making it up sounds like he was in the navy he does actually give me name of a ship his job he's uh, you know whatever he's talking like somebody who knows you're naturally talking. naturally skeptical as, as someone who well, grew up in the soviet drunk, union yeah because there's always somebody will come up to you with some bizarre you know I said, what do you do here? He says, I'm a managing partner with the Price Waterhouse. It was Price Waterhouse at the time. Uh, I have no idea what Price Waterhouse is. <laughs> like, okay. So I come up to my room and I said to my wife, I said, there's some lunatic who wants to bring a bottle of wine and sit in the hallway and drink with me. He was in the Navy, so I'll, I'll, I'll spend 30 minutes with this old sailor. And she says, yeah, what's he doing here? What is he doing in, the, in, the, in, the, in Moscow? I said, he's a partner at some... A low price steakhouse or porterhouse or waterhouse, some restaurant I think he's opening up here because there's a bunch of these people who were just idiots that would come in there and say, oh, I'll open up a restaurant. No, I'll be successful. And she says, what'd you say? I said, price, something price of water and steakhouse. She says, price waterhouse. I go, yeah, price waterhouse. That's what he said. He's a managing partner. And she says, Yuri, are you an idiot? I'm like, what? She says, this guy's huge. This is huge. He's like, you know, big six or big whatever. I said, what the hell is big six? 
it's like she so she's explaining to me who he is uh, and i'm like hmm all right so i already come out with a different attitude now you know it's like they say if i would have a million dollars i would still be in the navy but i'd just come to work with a different attitude that's all but uh, the same so i come out with the, so this guy sitting there with wine he's telling me he's living this he got 26 kids with him and all that stuff and he's talking to me about the navy but so he wants to talk to me about the navy and i want to talk to him about his business because i want irene to be so uh you know your dad being very sharp guy so he says all right he says okay look, listen lieutenant he goes uh what is it that you want you want your wife to have a job i said yes he goes, what does she do? I said, she's a banker. He goes, she's got a job. Come talk to me tomorrow. I'm actually, I need a banker. I need That's a amazing. banker here. Just like that. Just, just like that. And I, I said, listen, why don't you go to him? She says, no, there's a kid and stuff like this. So I said, well, why don't you just go talk to him? So the next day she goes and she talks to Bill. And uh, 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 she comes back. And uh, I said, well, and she goes, I can't believe this. He goes, what? They offered me a job. I can start tomorrow. I said, well, I mean, you're making $30,000 or $25,000 back in Jacksonville. I said, that's a lot of money. But here I said, it's cheaper for us to live. So I know that they offered her less than 25. She says, they offered me $65,000. Wow. And it's tax free. And I'm wow. like, in 1992 in Russia. I said, are you sure? And she goes, yeah, I think I'm moving to Moscow. So then she moved in and we rented a place. And she, uh, she had a great time working. Uh, I mean, with a lot of funny stories. Uh, and, how, uh, and, it, and how long was it? So I'm trying to remember because I was... Two years. It was two years. You were two years. Okay, so... But it's interesting because when I'm trying to remember the time in the hotel that we lived there a, a couple months, how long was it before dad introduced you and, and uh, Irene to us kids? It wasn't I think long, it was right? Like, it was like a week or two weeks later. We came okay. to your, as soon as he moved, as soon as you moved out to the housing, uh, your parents, I mean, you still had like uh, a wall being broken in. I mean, it wasn't right. the 60 yet. They were breaking into another house. It was like, it was like combined two houses. Right. Uh, so I remember it was even construction still going. So I think it was like uh, not, I don't know, two weeks or three weeks when we came to your house for dinner. But and, I remember uh, meeting you at the hotel. Yeah. 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 yeah because, I remember because conversations then it's like, in the hall. Yeah. Because then every night your dad would be with a bottle of wine talking about the Navy. Right. <laughs> I remember I was trying to. So my, my wife is telling me how huge your dad is. What, you know, he's a big partner. And, and so we're trying to figure out how much money he makes. You know, 10 kids and you know, all that stuff. And like in living in Moscow, he's got to break down the wall between two houses and stuff. So I remember I'm sitting down to come to visit your dad at work. I have to be in uniform. Right. Yeah. He, then he would take me to lunch. I had to be always in uniform and he would be introducing me to everybody. I'm a freaking lieutenant, man. <laughs> I'm like, what you got out? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i come to his work and i don't know i'm trying to kiss up to him and, and say and i said bill i said i don't understand this civilian role what is managing partner what is it what you know compare you know tell me what's a managing partner you know compare it to use uh, navy, navy terms yeah yeah <laughs> navy rank <laughs> stuff like this. what would you be positioned in navy rank and he said that with a totally serious face he said that. um 
it would be probably a captain of a destroyer of a large destroyer and i'm thinking what this game is freaking nuts captain of a destroyer makes forty thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars a year <laughs> my wife told me he makes a million dollars and he compares himself to this i said oh my god your dad was hilarious when when he retired when your dad is retired, and that's what I mean, dedication. That's what I mean when you have passion for something. Your dad definitely had passion for military, you know. Uh, and I think he would have gladly would have given up his Price Waterhouse position just to be an officer again, just to relive this thing over again, just to be like a captain of a ship would have been, you know, he would have been a great captain of a ship. And he was, he was a great, yeah, he was a great, he still is, great leader, great, great uh, uh, leader. Uh, people loved him. People followed him. I mean, Moscow was wild west when he came. He came in and right. he opened up. Uh, he he was a frontier. You know, it's uh, build a huge huge ship, build an aircraft carrier, in the sense in in Moscow in, in the middle of chaos. Mm-hmm. But uh, so when he he left, uh, uh, retired already, and I'm stationed in Washington. So we get together, and he says, Yuri. You know what? I want to be buried in uniform. So I want you. To, can you take me to the, the Navy Exchange uniform shop because you have to have an ID to buy a uniform military and buy. And I want to buy the lieutenant uniform. I have everything. I got my record and all the medals. And I'll say, I said, Bill, you know what? I said when I was a lieutenant, I was about your size. I was skinny. And he says, and I still have my lieutenant uniform. I'll just give it to you, and we bury you in my uniform. How's that? And he goes, no, I want to buy my own. I don't want to be buried in your uniform. I said, you know, they're expensive. You know, you're going to spend 500 bucks on uniforms, you know, 1,000 bucks on uniforms. He says, no, please take me. So I take him, and he buys the entire white uniform. Shoes, yep. pants. Like right, mean, off metals, hat, right, right off the mannequin. Right off the mannequin. He just yeah. bought the whole thing, you know, summer uniform. And I don't know why. I was just trying to be funny with him, and I said, Bill, you know, we're standing at the cash register to pay for it. Now I'm saying to him, Bill, I said, what if you die in the winter? What am I going to do? Bury in the white, in the summer uniform? He goes, you know what? You're right. And he goes and he buys the entire winter uniform, like bridge coat, every, I mean, oh, yeah. What, what, yeah. And a warm socks. I'm like, what do you think you're going to be cold or something? I don't understand. Why do you need the, the whole? Just well, after like, having a couple winters in Russia, he'll never forget how cold your feet can get. So he probably wanted to get some socks, regardless of whether you're dead or alive. You'll never forget yeah. that cold. <laughs> So now so he has both sets of uniforms? He has both sets wow. of uniforms, you know, so, you know, so, uh, uh, but that's dedication. That's, uh, yeah. that's when man wants to do something. And, uh, you know, and as, uh, as we say, you know, he went through, through a huge change. He went through yeah. a naval, from a naval officer to a very big successful businessman. And, uh, uh, that was a huge change for him, but he still remembered his past. He still remembered his dedication and his passion about the Navy. And it was good. You know, it's good. And I think he, he taught you kids all, you know, you, you all got that. from. Yeah. Him. He had his own ship of six, six kids that he moved around the world uh, yeah. through a couple revolutions. Uh, I mean, 92 in Moscow, there was a heck of a lot of things changing. I'm curious if you remember... 93, in October of 93, right. when they 90... fired on the White House. Yeah, that's Russian what I was going to ask House. you about. Yeah, do you remember where you were when that was happening? I, I mean, oh, I remember where I was. Uh, because yeah. I was at the, at the embassy, and the White mm-hmm. House was right by the embassy, and we lived right across the street from it, right by the White House. 
which are Russian parliament. Yeah. And, and, uh, I remember the tanks and everything. I was looking at those tanks and, and I see them firing and it was, uh, Michelle was, you know, very, she was two years old. So she would try to look out the window and I would like, uh, and that's the only, that's her, that's her, uh, earliest childhood. She memory. remembers she that. Remembers, she remembers that. She yeah. remembers tanks. She remembers that I don't go and the windows would, you know, they would fire and the windows would like break and stuff like this. And I would be on top of her, you know, I barricaded the window. Your father sent my wife away somewhere. She was away in uh, some, uh, some, some TDY. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and, and everybody, so it was very interesting because at that point I had a TV in front of me, I had a telephone and I, and I would see how they would fire on the white house. And then I, a minute later, I would see it on CNN, you know, right. they would show it. Yeah. And then tell my telephone would start ringing and ringing and ringing. And people would say, um, um, what's going on? What's going on? So eventually my father, God rest his soul, calls me up. He says, Yuri, what's going on there? What's going on? I said, dad, I don't know what's going on because, um, everybody's running around in the same uniforms, everybody's speaking the same language and they're just shooting at each other. Yeah. You couldn't really so tell the, <laughs> at I the couldn't time. Tell. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, uh, so the, uh, the, uh, uh, then you know how it was, it was really quiet and then it was like mm -hmm. bang, bang, bang. And everybody starts shooting all over the place. And this is when you, you know, I had to cover Michelle and get down on the floor. And uh, my dad hears this bang, bang, and they start shooting. And my dad goes, what, what, Yuri, tell me, what's going on? Who's shooting you? I said, dad, I don't know. You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm down on the floor. And he goes, well, well, can't you look out the window and see? You know, my dad is a professor of medicine. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> I said, pop, I said, am I your own son? What do you mean look out the window and see? There are bullets flying all over right. the place. Right. Um, I have a little kid with me, two years old. So then uh, he's, oh, yeah, yeah, don't look, don't look out the window. Whatever it is, don't look out, stay down. I'm like, okay, soldier, you know, thanks for your <laughs> advice. And uh, so the, uh, and then uh, uh, I hear somebody calls me up and he said, uh, a Marine got shot. Marine was standing by the window and a stray bullet shot him in the neck. And, uh, I, you know, I had the medical training. And at that time, I, 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 I kind of remembered most of it. So I was trying to get to the Marine and uh, help him uh, see, because I thought he was dead at first. Because I was asking him where he got shot and like, how much blood he lost. Then the way they were reporting to me, no, he's moving around. I said, are you sure? He, no, I thought he was paralyzed. He shot right. the then I said, well, then there's uh, the artery that shot. No, it's high velocity bullet. He must have bleed to death. And they said, mm -hmm. no, they said maybe a cup of blood, no, but he were holding his neck. So the guy got very, very lucky. He, wow. uh, he did not injure his spine or carotid artery. Or his so artery, the, wow. Yeah, so it was, uh, he, was, he was not lucky and he was lucky. The interesting part was that everybody got an award for that thing except that guy because he was evacuated to the hospital. So they, sure. they forgot. And yeah. he didn't get a Purple Heart because it was not an enemy fire. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do you remember the, the time? I mean, obviously, it was a really interesting time in Russia. There was so much changing and you know, Yeltsin and I mean, how does it, how does it feel now looking back on then where versus where Russia is now? I mean, we just, we just saw the news about Putin and, you know, basically getting in for another, I don't know, how many more years is, is he in? Uh, forever. Forever, essentially. Yeah. But do, looking back on that time, 
I remember, and granted I was a 14, 15, 16, 17 year old, you know, um, boy at the time, I remember really thinking, Hey, this is, there's some, some, some fledgling democracy here and there's some hope because we, we would see it in doses thinking back on then versus now. And you've obviously been back many times to Russia, to Ukraine. What is it like thinking back uh, on, on those days now? Well, uh, to our listeners, so they would understand the Russia and Ukraine, which used to be all Soviet Union, and then they broke up and they became 15 countries instead of 15 uh, united kind of states of Soviet Union. Uh, Ukraine right now is where Russia was in 92, I would say. And there's a great mm-hmm. hope because the presidents are changing there. There's a great hope for democracy. There is, uh, they're moving in the right direction, even though Russia is trying to prevent them from it. And there is a war going on kinds of things they're doing uh, <clears throat> but there is hope uh, uh, there is hope uh, because there are a lot of foreigners you walk on the street of Kiev and every other person is speaking foreign language the uh, the problem is when you go through those changes through the, such a pyramid life is hard it's it's hard it, 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 I would say it's, uh, so, some people can go through that change and some people cannot. And of course, life is hard. You know, the economy is bad. kind of like in Russia in, those time, in, the, in the early 90s. There was a lot of hope for a change after, uh, after Gorbachev, after a while Yeltsin is there. They're trying to, to make it um, uh, to the democracy and get some democratic institutions installed. But of course, the oligarchs, the rich people, the quick people are, you know, grabbing all the all the good parts of the economy and become very rich in it. The others become very poor in it. So people are not happy. People want to go back to, to the slavery, to the serfdom, to the stability. Okay, we have a boss, we have our owner, and he feeds us and he has to take care of our health, no matter how crappy the food is, no matter how terrible the medicine is, at least it's there. Instead of that unknown, instead of that, people don't like change. People don't like to go through the change. Um, and it's like kind of changing people in their sexual orientation or acceptance of sexual orientation or changes of, of uh, religious orientation. You know, it's a, it's a huge tragedy or huge change for, uh, for your family who is, are devoted Catholics or who are a Jewish family who are very devoted Jews. If their child all of a sudden, you know, becomes a Muslim or becomes a Christian, you know, it's a tragedy. It's a change that they, they don't accept. They can't accept that. It's almost anti, you know, anti-God, anti-Christ, devil, devil thing. <laughs> the same thing. Those changes are very difficult. So Ukrainians are able to continue this, no matter how hard it is. They they struggling to get forward. Russians decided to go back. Russians decided to to to, to go back, and unfortunately, they went back. And today, in my opinion. Uh, Russia is in worse shape uh, than Soviet Union was because it's um, uh, in the Soviet Union. Yes, there were Brezhnev, there were guys uh, in charge of, but they had to deal with Politburo. They had, they're kind of like Chinese now. Yeah, he's a dictator, but he has to deal with a lot of different things. In Russia, it's not any, it's like Hitler more, you know, it's or a Stalin. It's one leader and one guy, whatever he says. That's the law. There is no need for constitutional law or anything. Whatever he says, that's the way it is, and however we interpret it. And uh, of course, there are no democratic institutions. When there are no democratic institutions, 
everything becomes more socialized. You know, again, the oil and gas companies become socialized um, into socialism. Uh, government run. All the major companies are in a, in the government hands, or their government representatives. Are gov- you know, fascism. You know, fascism is not a poli- not Nazis are national uh, socialism is a political uh, organization, but fascists is is economical. It's like fascist Italy or fascist Spain, where it was where the government plays a huge role in the private businesses. They have you know they own fifty percent or whatever. Venezuela started the same way. So once you get to that point, it's not going to go anywhere. Uh, so. Uh, I think things are going to get worse in Russia. The people are going to suffer more and more and more and just leave that country behind, like Venezuela ended up behind Iran and all those other uh, countries that uh, destroyed all the democratic institutions. And of course, people will suffer. The economy is going to go bad. I mean, where do do we have that hate towards different people or minorities? We have that hate because uh, things are not going well. We have to blame somebody. We can't blame ourselves, right? Because we're we're good. So we have to blame someone else, and that someone else is that minority. So when economically things are going to start going bad, they're going to start blaming the Jews, let's say, because it's uh, uh, it's traditionally yeah. There's minority. a long dark that history minor, of yeah, yeah, anti-Semitism in Russia, right? That minority, yeah, and. Uh, uh, when violence, there's going to be too much violence on the streets, they're going to blame Chechens. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just traditionally how it's. When they will not be able to control some sort of a disease, let's say uh, one of the examples was AIDS. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, who do we blame? You know, uh, yeah. let's say, you know, so, the, you know, then, then gays uh, and LGBT. LGBT community. Mm-hmm. I still can't learn American alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to blame that community. You know, yeah. they're going to blame those people for oh, they're spreading the. It's. I mean, I still hear that in Russia and in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I still hear that. Well, but they spread the disease. What disease do they spread? Who are well, they going to? Who are they going to blame COVID nineteen on? I mean, because I've been talking to a few people in Ukraine as well, <laughs> and it's. And it's getting worse. In the uh, United States, we blame Trump for everything. So that for us, for now, it's easy. It's Trump's fault and everything. But in Ukraine, it's uh, their president's fault. They blame him. Actually, so, their president is very much, uh, in my opinion, similar to mm-hmm. uh, to Trump because when he won, uh, they blame. Uh, they actually used the same terminology against him. Like he's a clown. Because right. he was an actor. Because he was a, you know, he's yeah. a clown, you know. And if you type in Google "clown," those, you know, Trump will come up. And uh, uh, the same kind of phrases. Well, he has no experience in politics, you know. He's, uh, where did he come from? Oh, there's some because rich people support him. And uh, but in a sense, it wasn't like that. But he did get, uh, and uh, of course, well, he can't run the go. Yeah, it's very difficult for him to put the team together. Because mm-hmm. a lot of just like for Trump, because they weren't in that in that business before, right? So you have to go through a lot of people. It's like going on a reconnaissance mission. It takes yeah. a long time to put the team together. It's not because the guys are not qualified, right? Well, but let's say uh, you're a part of my team and you great comms officer, mm-hmm. best in the world, uh, cybersecurity officer. But if you can't work with the rest of the guys, with a sniper, with a medic, with uh, with other guys, with the explosives guys, then, then you're not a team player, no matter right. how good you are. Uh, 
So right. it's very difficult to put that team together. You have to go through a lot, a lot of people. And the same thing in Ukraine. He has a, a huge problem going, uh, putting together a team mm-hmm. that, that, that work. And considering that the economy is bad, considering that uh, the war is going on with Russia all the time, yeah. uh, there, there are a lot of problems. But I, I appreciate Ukrainians a lot. I mean, I think they uh, have advanced beyond Russians by a thousand miles. Uh, what, I mean, they're what way makes ahead. that possible for, I mean, it's interesting because the- I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you the example of what sure. it is. I gave you an example. Uh, uh, I don't want to concentrate too much on a gay issue, but you can't help it because it's actually a litmus test. How people react to gays, to Jews. Jews are usually also, you know, Jews are leaving the country. There's an old Egyptian tradition if Jews are escaping your country, your country is finished. You know, it's economic. There's going to be an economic collapse, and it happened in Spain, in Germany, in, in Soviet Union, <clears throat> and uh, in France. Now they're leaving. You're gonna you're gonna be in trouble. This so it's a litmus test, and the same thing we get. For example, uh, uh, the president, this president in Ukraine, he's Jewish. He's open Jew. He's not hiding. Ethnically, he's Jewish. I mean, he's not religiously, he's not, but he comes from a Jewish background, uh, which always Ukrainians are being blamed always the biggest anti-Semites in the world, the biggest anti-Semites. Well, it's not. 75% of the population voted for him very well knowing that he was Jewish. So there's one. Good. Gay parade. There are gay parades in Ukraine. Yeah, there are guys that will come out there, you know, with shaved head like anywhere else and, you know, say no. But the police is standing there and protecting them and saying they have the right. Not the police by the Lenin statue that comes in, beats the shit out of them and throws them, you know, in in prison for a couple of days. (coughs) This police, whether they agree, whether they don't agree, whether they like it, they don't like it. They're professionals. They're standing there and they're guarding and they're saying, no, they have the right. We are a modern country. We're a Western country. Yes, we're poor. Yes, we have a lot of problems. But these people have a right to stand here and to wave their flag and to kiss publicly or whatever it is they do publicly. Whatever it is that they want to do to protect their rights. So you have no right beating them. You have no right attacking them. You have no right, you know. Once, you know, so that to me, that's progress. Yeah. That's progress. And, uh, 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 one of my Ukrainian friends, they were showing uh, on TV gay parade. Mm-hmm. So this the reporter is taking interview a guy who organized it. Of course, he's an American guy who organized the gay parade in Kiev. So he's trying to explain a clearly very intelligent kid, clearly very well spoken, very clean cut. You know, <laughs> looked like an American naval officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's, he's trying to explain why they're doing it because they're right, because, you know, I'm not going to repeat it, but you all know what he's saying. He's saying very good. So this is my Ukrainian friend. My God, these guys are sick. These guys need to be put to some, I said, what do you want to do? You want to kill them all? He goes, no, 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 not kill them all, but maybe put them like on the island somewhere. So they're, you know, they're away from us. I said, but what have they done to you that you want to say? And it goes through the same thing, you know. They're criminals, they're drug addicts, they're 
child molesters. Like, and actually, and I'm giving him the arguments. Actually, is not true. It's propaganda. Mm-hmm. It's like the same thing they said about Jews. It's not right. tr- in Germany. It's not true. I said it's simply not true. I said as a matter of fact, I said my wife is in real estate. Mm-hmm. Whenever there is a gay community, she buys there because then there's going to be Starbucks. There's going to be some boutiques. The property is going to go up in price. It's purely mm-hmm. business, you know. I said so. It isn't true. But in, on their neighborhoods, it's actually very nice and quiet, and a lot of tourists. And uh, he goes, no, 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 no. So who are you? I'm like, I said, all right. I said, it's your Soviet upbringing. So then we go outside on the street and uh, we're, we're going somewhere. And there is a group of people that are going to protest against the gay parade. Mm-hmm. And they are, uh, and, they're, and they have like this sign that they're carrying. They're saying, we're going to go and like kick out the evil out of, out of these people like 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 exorcism like perform exorcism on these people and we're this friend of mine we're standing here and we're looking at them and there's just a bunch of degenerates i mean literally uh i don't know if degenerate is a politically correct word but there's there's literally compared to this kid that was speaking on tv right. this and these i mean they were either drunks or, dr- or or they were like wearing carrying crosses they were carrying chains they looked like you know, like people who've been drinking on a drinking bench for, for, for a year. They looked I mean, possessed. They looked possessed. I mean, they yeah. looked horrible. <laughs> so I'm standing there looking at my friend. I said, all right, said, if you have a choice, uh, you belong to this group or that group, which group do you want to belong to? Yeah. He goes, no, I don't want to belong to any of those groups. I said, no, you don't have that choice. Your choice mm-hmm. is only this one or that one. Which one? He stood there he said, Oh, well, I guess to the other one. <laughs> so, <laughs> I said, you see, if you're going to have, you go, if you're going to have, if you're going to pick, uh, pick a group of people and you're going to uh, proclaim them being evil, mm-hmm. you're going to be part of that evil that's, that, that are going after that. You're right. going to be part and you're going to be the victim of those, of those evil people, you know? So, it's kind of like a social, you know, I try to explain to a lot, to many young people here in the United States that the social justice, the social revolution and stuff like this and these pogroms that they're causing uh, in our country, they will be, if, if they're going to bring to power people they want to bring to power, they will be the first victims. Right. They will be That's the true. first ones to go to gulag. They will be the first ones to be shot. They will be first because they're the troublemakers. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be happy with the new order, but that new order is already going to have too much power. Right. By and nature. Like a, by nature. And it's, that's, that happened in Germany. It happened in Soviet Union. It happened, happened in France. Eastern, Revolutionary happens, France. <laughs> yeah. They're going to, you're going to be the first ones. They're going to cut your heads off. Right. So when you want to, when you violently want to bring a change to, uh, to your country, don't, uh, don't do it. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, uh, Again, and I think I think what happens is that talking about change, I think that when you have tough times, like in Ukraine, uh, or like in in our country, or in Britain during World War II, uh, there there strong leaders come up. You know, uh, tough times create strong people. Strong people create good times. Good times create weak people, and weak people create bad times, tough times. And I think that's what's happening in our country. We've just been having too good of a time uh, forever, you know. 
when people say there is anti-Semitism in our country, yes, there is, there's anti-Semitism everywhere, but we actually escaped anti-Semitism. When we came to the United States, there is no anti-Semitism. We're not real. There's some idiots doing something or saying something, even in Congress. When people say there is racism in our country, I don't think there is racism in our country. There are two, two million, in the last few years, two million Africans immigrated to the United States. They would immigrate. I mean, I never heard that in 1936, any Jews migrated to Nazi Germany. You know, you don't migrate where you're being prosecuted. So uh, uh, I think it's also, you know, there's, uh, there are like people come up with uh, racial fakes. You know what I'm saying? Like this rapper guy, whoever, he came up with the, the white guys with the MAGA hat beat him up and then we realized it was all staged. That it was, he made all, the whole story up. You know, if there is a racism, you don't need to make up some stories like that. You don't need to make fakes. You know, no, no Jew in Russia in my days ever made up a fake about Jews being beaten up because they were beaten up anyway. Because that was reality. It was a reality. You don't need to yeah. make one story. So, you know, they're lacking. So I still think that we're living, uh, uh, you know, that people say, you know, uh, gays, gays are being oppressed and uh, being attacked. Probably, you know, pro I've never seen any gays, even in the military, I've never seen that. I've never, uh, I've seen maybe sexual harassment things, but I've never in our military seen any racial issues. I've never seen black and white kids get into a fight because of a race issue. Never. In, in almost 30 years to this. Never about the religious issues. Uh, some sexual harassment. Yeah, there's some, you know, but it's always like that, that some boys would, you know, be attracted to a girl and just wouldn't take no for an answer or vice versa. Actually, in my case, I had a case where the girl was, you know, sexually harassing a boy. So... <coughs> I, I think we still have uh, the best country in the world that, that we don't really have problems that could cause such pogroms, such, such violence, such hatred toward, towards people. And, and well, what I was saying is like, even I've never seen gay people being attacked. I, I've never seen, as a matter of fact, I told one person on a, on a TV show, they're, they're saying, well, uh, uh, why Trump wanted the military parade in, in Washington, D.C. I said, well, because he wants to show the military and give us our time. Yeah, so we show, you know, why, why, did, why is there a Hispanics parade or a Puerto Rican parade or a gay parade? You know, if we want a parade, let us have a parade, a little parade, no big deal. Well, it's going to cost that much money. Well, I don't think gay parades will cost less money. Or, or any other parades cause. Well, because, you know, his argument was because gays are being attacked on the streets. No, I don't agree with it. Because if you, if I put a gay flag around me, is that correct? Is that politically correct, gay flag? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah the gay flag. Yeah, because nowadays, I don't know what I'm saying. You know, I could defend somebody. Because Some people might call it the pride flag, but you can say gay or flag. Pride, yeah, pride yeah. flag. If I put yeah. a pride flag around me, yeah, I, I think pride flag is a better one. If mm -hmm. I put a pride flag around me and you put a MAGA hat on and we mm -hmm. go on, in Los Angeles on the streets or in New York over the streets and we walk around, let's see who's going to get attacked first. Right. Well, I and think if wearing a MAGA hat is going to get you attacked first than if I wear a 
Yeah, probably. And that that's probably. that's probably true in many many of the coastal cities, many of the big cities. I would argue it'd be reverse if we went to some parts of the United States in in the middle, as they call the middle of America. It might be different, right? Maybe, maybe that maybe the 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 heckling would be the person wearing the pride flag, and not the person wearing the the MAGA hat. Um, but I but I think it's I, the complexity of our country. Yeah. So so knowing so knowing what you've seen, all the, all these years, you like you said, thirty years of the military, you. You, you grew up in Soviet Russia. Uh, well, actually, you, did you grow up in, in what is today Ukraine? Or you grew no, up in I, actually I Soviet Russia? In, I grew up uh, until 14 years old. I grew up in Moscow. I was oh, that's right. Moscow. Okay. And Irene, my wife, she was from Kiev, from Ukraine. She okay. was 12. She was 12 when she left there. Okay. So knowing that you've seen, you grew up on the streets of Moscow in Soviet Union. Um, you became an officer in the United States uh, Navy. You were in the military for 30 years. You've been back and forth to Russia, Ukraine. I think there was time you spent in Turkey <laughs> as well. Turkey, I, Poland. Yeah, Poland. Um, Kazakhstan. Yeah, a well, lot of the Russia, stands. In Russia, I was kicked out twice. So out of Russia, I, I, I can't go back to Russia. So you're, I won't. The term is persona non grata, right? Are you technically persona right. non grata? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, the, I, I don't know if it's technical or not, <clears throat> but I wouldn't go back. Right. Right. Uh, okay. I think that if uh, not, not in the near future anyway, yeah. there, there's got to be some major, major change uh, and they, they have to change. You know, the, the thing is, I'll, I'll tell you what, maybe it will give a better picture. I'll try to explain it. Let's, let's l pretend that you're a German in 1955, 10 years after the war and you're an adult. By that time, 10 years after the war, you're a Western German. You know what the Nazis are or who the Nazis are. You know what an SS is. You know what an SD, Gestapo. You know who Hitler was. You know all these things. And 10 years from that point on, you know what a concentration camps are. You know what death camps are. You know all the stuff. It's, not, it's open now. And after 10 years, after the war is over, you vote for a counselor or for a president to be a former Sturban Führer SS, to be a former colonel of the SS. Would, can you imagine Germans doing something like that? It's, it's really not comprehensible. In Russia, 10 years after Soviet Union collapse, all the Russians knew what Communist Party is, what Gulag is, who Stalin was, uh, what the NKVD is or KGB is. They know all this. It's, it's not hidden anymore. they all very well aware. And yet they vote for a former KGB officer to be the president, and he became a president forever. Right. And now he runs the country like a KGB organization, like a KGB camp. Mm -hmm. And why would, you know, that's not comprehensible for Western standards. We can't think of it. That's why they went back to that slavery. They went back to those camps. They went back to be prisoners. In and that's like, a, that's like a, uh, a present day example of why, why people struggle with change. Because the right. uncertainty, as you were describing early on, people look at it and they say, there's uncertainty over here or there's things that I know over there. I'm going to go let's, back to let's, the things I know. Let's go back and hate and all the problems and hate we're going to blame on, on few minorities that there are. And that's the, the most comfortable situation that there is. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's yeah. an interesting it's an interesting human challenge and dynamic. Um, 
for the last uh, couple minutes here, I would love to just have you share, like, what are some of the things you're most excited about changing possibly in the future, be it here in the United States, be it in Ukraine, maybe in Russia? I mean, all of this is sort of upended because we're in a pandemic right now. And you've got obviously a medical background as well. Um, and, and so any of your perspective on that would be great as well. But when you sit here having raised two amazing kids, you know, uh, lived around the world. Yeah. They're, they're, they're great kids. I remember babysitting them and I love seeing them do so, so, so well. Um, what, what are the things you're most excited about? Like in the years ahead? Well, today, I mean, I don't know. I don't look too far. Uh, today, I'm very excited being with you. I'm very excited to see you being a successful, good-looking, strong, very bright young man. Very proud of you, Billy. Very proud. Thank you. I'm very proud of <laughs> your entire family. Your entire family had an impact um, uh, on many people and, and in different countries. Uh, be it Iran, being Soviet Union, some of the countries that I think people to this day remember cursed. As, as good people, as people that they want to be like, that they want to be those kind of Americans. Because even to me, being a naval officer, and being, I remember looking at your family, looking at your mom, looking at your dad, looking at your sister. It was a wholesome American family with all the problems between religion, sex, all these American problems, but there were no problems. Uh, but there was a wholesome family that would all get together, we would all laugh. We'd all have plenty of food to eat. We always knew that there was a medical care. We always knew that there were people, you know, that I could always call your dad and say, hey, where's my wife? You know, she's some. And he would chase her down and he would find her in some godforsaken place and bring her back. We could all count on each other as Americans because in that environment, that's all we could do is count on ourselves as Americans. And I always said, that's a model family. That's a model family. And uh, even... At first, I was uh, in shock when, uh, let's say, how do I say that um, correctly? I was in shock that you broke away from the Catholic uh, traditional ways, let's put it. But then I said, that's, that's Billy. He's a real American. He served in the army. He's a good kid. And that's his right. That's what America is. And, and, and I support him in whatever his decisions are. I will love this kid forever. I will support him no matter what his decisions are, whether I agree with him or not. If he wants, even if he wants to vote Democrat, I'll support him. Even that. And I think that's what an American is, to be a true American, is when we accept each other, when we accept uh, different people. That's what our country was based on. We brought all kinds of people here from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of races. And I think today to separate us or to try to, try to bring the change that is not a good change, that we're going to be now separating ourselves. You know, in the military, I remember, I'm trying to even remember who was black or who was white. I actually don't really, uh, never even look. In the military, we didn't really have that issue. I'm sure it's some incidents there were, but there was the... Uh, you know, I, I, I worked for a great man, a four-star admiral, a black guy, Admiral Reason. He was the best military leader, wonderful man, wonderful family. I was close to his family. I just dawned on me that he was an African-American. I never even see, I never saw him in that sense. So I think that my wish that we would continue to be the country we were, yeah, improve in certain ways, and we improved. We had slavery. It was a long time ago. We had slavery. We got over it. 
we had gay issues. We got over it. We had Jewish issues. You know, Jews could not do this or that. We got over it. Let's not overdo it. Let's not go back in the reverse or like in a mirror image of it. Let's continue that way. Let's bring people from different countries to our country. Good people. Not everyone, but good people. Good people that deserve to be Americans, that earn to be Americans. And that's what my wish is. A lot of Ukrainians, I wish them the same thing. I wish they would stay strong and stay, uh, you know, persevered in their struggle to be part of the modern uh, world. I wish the same thing on Russians, but I just don't have the same hope. Yeah, there's my one of my favorite phrases that I that I think I picked up when when we were in Russia. Uh meta. Yeah. Like this too well, essentially that we shall survive shall, this, you know, that or two shall pass. This too shall pass. Yeah. That's on uh, on the ring of King Solomon. That too shall mm-hmm. pass. Yeah. And uh 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 of the wisest man of the wisest man. So I think we should. We will, and you and I we will we will continue in that struggle and help people and listen to all kinds of people, listen yeah. to them, listen to their problems, listen to their struggle. Once they start throwing, once they start destroying, once they start uh, looting and uh, we're beating people up on the street, that's it. This is where we draw the line. Yeah, and it's hard we, to listen at that point. I run, there is also a lot of pictures where there's a black folks stand around the white cop who, uh, who kind of got lost from his team. And they're protecting him from being attacked. There are a lot of black folks that out there that are screaming and yelling to stop the violence. And they're screaming and yelling at the white kids. Here in Miami, I witnessed, not, you know, I'm going to feel yesterday, I was in Miami, but we were, when we were in Miami, I witnessed where all these white, what, are, what I call privileged kids, whose sneaks are more expensive than my entire wardrobe on a ski in Miami from rich families. They're screaming Black Lives Matter and they're attacking a police car, several police cars. Well, guess who comes out of the police cars? They're, uh, they're black folk, black policemen and, and, uh, and Latino policemen and Latino gals policemen. Most of them are Cubans. So they don't like socialism. They don't like, you know, they're very capitalist. They, most of them, like I did, they went into police, into military to protect right. our American way of life, the capital, because we know what socialism so they beat the crap out of these. And these kids are screaming, Black Lives Matter. And here's a, a black, and they're attacking black policemen and the black uh, female, Latino female. There's something wrong with, and I think there's something wrong with our education system. It's education system and the where the, the, the people who are well off, uh, what, what I call probably middle class Americans who are well off, upper echelon, like, like your family. Uh, their kids become very spoiled and they think that they're going to fight for something bigger and, you know, something mightier, you know, some, some kind of, chigi, you know, wearing Che Guevara t-shirt, you know, the whole, the whole uh, Che Guevara uh, billion dollar industry. The, that guy was a murderer. That guy was, that guy enjoyed shooting kids in the face and raping kids in front of their parents. He was a freaking lunatic. I think it's crazy. You're making a fashion statement on him and you're knocking down a, a monument to Washington or a Columbus. No, I think that's wrong. I think it's, 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 it's warped. I think it's upside down. That's where I wish we, I, I wish we would uh, have less of that in our country. And I wish yeah. we would have more, more people like you. 
Thank you. I, 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 uh, I hope, so. I hope so too. Um, one last question for you. I'm curious if you've heard this podcast, cause I thought of you, there's a podcast called wind of change. Have you heard of this one? No. So do you remember, you probably remember, um, when, when you were in, um, Russia, there was a, a, a heavy metal band called the Scorpions and they had a very famous song called the winds of change. It sort of became the, the anthem of the Berlin wall falling and communism falling mm-hmm. in, in Moscow. Well, there's a, there was a, a rumor um, that, that spurred many, many years ago that there was a CIA agent who actually wrote the song and gave it to the Scorpions. And the Scorpions played it because they were intentionally trying to do uh, propaganda to bring down um, you know, the Soviet Union. So there's this whole podcast series now called Wind of Change that breaks down, yeah, breaks down this, this, uh, this theory that the U.S. government had an entire set of songwriters and lyricists and people who were who went over and, and helped these bands in Europe, including the Scorpions, who were German, um, write these songs with the hope of using art to bring down the systems. Um, and it's pretty fascinating. As I listen to it, I there are many times I think to myself, Yuri's got to listen to this. So I'll make sure I'll make sure to send it to you. I think send it, yeah, it. Send them. No, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm not sure if it's a CIA, some agent is that talented, but uh, uh, many uh, artists, many uh, folk song uh, artists, ones that sing in, in Russia, there were many of them. Mm-hmm. They were actually the force behind the, the collapse of the Soviet Union, like right. Vysotsky and many other ones that say. Yeah, I think in the United States, the same thing. A lot of times, uh, many groups are singing. They change the, they make a create the whole movement, the whole right. outlook. I mean, I think they have a huge influence. I mean, look at Beatles or Rolling Stone. I mean, in my days now, I'm sure there's some rappers that I don't, I don't follow, but Eric, my son, probably follows or knows who is bringing those changes or who's pushing our societies towards a, a better way of being or to, towards a better change. Right. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure there are, there are folks singers out there in the United States that they're, that they're singing about violence and creating a revolution and burn the, burn the uh, houses or, or loot businesses. Right. But, I'm sure there are singers in the United States even today that that sing about peace, that sing about brotherhood, that sing about a better future that that we understand each other. I mean, I don't I don't follow them, but in my days it was Beatles and Rolling Stones and right. all kinds of different singers. Michael Jackson, I remember. It was more, you know, it was the whole movements. So I wouldn't be surprised that you know that we we would push that. We influence that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I we just think it's that though. It's so fascinating the story that uh, that gets told, and I think as someone who's been in both places, right, has been in the United States and been in Soviet Union um, and in Eastern Europe and places like Poland and whatnot. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of subplot in this particular series, this podcast, that I think you'd really enjoy. So I, I'll, I'll send it to you, and I'd love to get your thoughts. There's a couple of times I listen to it, and I'm like, okay, they're not quite representing you know, post-Soviet Russia accurately here, but it's, it has a little bit of hyperbole, but it's enjoyable. Well, it's, it's what artists do. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It, um, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if you watched the movie that Eric was in, The Love is Strange. I did. I saw it in the theaters. It was great. Yeah, and uh, he was, uh, when they had, you know, whatever they have at post, you know, he, he tried to play up. 
mm-hmm. and he was saying, you know, I came from a country where gays were prosecuted. And yep. it wasn't, uh, and I said, so I was very proud to to play in this movie to show that uh, because in my, and he said, because in my country, it was, so I had to pull him aside and he thought that I was going to say to him something about, you know, don't promote homosexuality or something like that. But I said to him, I said, Eric, Russia is not your country. Right. You're from the United States. <laughs> you're an American. <laughs> And but the people are there like listen to this kid. He doesn't even have an accent. He speaks English without an accent. <laughs> yeah, because he's an American. He's not Russian. But he says, Dad, it's, it's acting. I'm I'm just right. it's, I'm, I want to get people to be like really moved by this movie. It's it's a promotion of the movie. Right. It's a promotion of my role. Right. And I'm like ah, oh, I see. He says it's not exactly a lie. It's not. But it's you know. He says it's. I know what I said. I said all right. Be careful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, thank you for the time. Uh, you, one more question I have for you, yeah, a yeah, Russian sure. question. I've never been, able yeah. to un- never been able to answer this question for myself. It's a question around the, you know, going back to the, to, you know, me, me being a gay man. I never figured out how to say, because in Russian, when you say, that means like, I, I, I got married, but to a woman, right? Because, right. you know, jena is, in there. Is, a, is a female. Yeah. Right. And and a woman would say Yavishlazamush. Right. I took a hum, husband. Right. So right. in my situation, what would I say? Because it's not Yavishlazamush. I mean, what would I say? Like how but really, you talk about change. <laughs> you talk about Russian. That's exactly what Michelle and Irene told me. He says, Billy, we went Billy and his husband. And <laughs> at first I said, Billy and who? Because I thought and I said, Billy and his husband. Right. And I said, Billy has a husband? I said, what are you talking about? Right. So then, we, so we, then we, you know, I think for a, for a Soviet mind, for a Russian mind, it's very difficult to to translate. Because even the language isn't set up that it's, way, it's, right? It's, I can't say Yashol. I, can I say Yashol Zamush? No, that doesn't. Yavishol Zamush. Yavishol Zamush? I mean, like, would that? Yeah, but then it makes you female. Right. So that's not accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I so that don't was know. the question I, I had for you. It's like, how, how do I, I say, how would I say that in Russian? And, and I kept struggling with it because I realized I don't think there is. I don't think you could say it without being in, without having it be interpreted that I am then the opposite sex. Like, how does someone say I got married to the same gender in Russian? You know what? I'm going to have to ask my Russian gay friend. Okay, I'm just curious because I've never I, been I, able to. I, yeah, I never. Well, you know, that out. I never. I never thought of it. I never thought. But you're right. In Russian, I stumped you. No se- I know. I. I in Russian, it makes no sense whatsoever if you say because it's Russian, tied to gender. It's tied to gender, right? The it's marriage, the act of marriage, is tied to the gender, gender, right? Well, yeah. you know, now in the con- in that new constitution in mm-hmm. Russia, that Putin now Putin becomes the president forever. Yeah. There was also one section there uh, that they proved that the marriage could be only between uh, a man and a woman. Wow. They, they made that. That's why, you remember that thing? Remember on that day, the American embassy hang a, a, yes. a pride, yeah, the pride flag, flag. Yep. And the Brits did the same thing. And a lot of people called me and saying, why are they doing it? You know, funny part is, I think it was hanging out of the window of my office. I remember your office. Where exactly. it's yeah. like, and I said, I think it's my window. So I don't know who's, who, whose office it is now, but uh, a lot of people start calling me and saying, and I said, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. So I got overwhelmed by questions. So I looked it up and I said, oh, that's because on that day in their constitution, they took the law 
that says that a marriage only between a man and a woman. So, uh, uh, so then I had a show and I was trying to explain to it that we, we don't support that in their Mm -hmm. constitution. And, uh, a lot of people said to me, uh, uh, and I had, I had a lot of criticism. They're saying, yes, but you're helping people to support Putin because most of the Russians are anti, uh, gay. So now they're going to go and vote for him because now you're pushing them towards Putin. And I said, you know what, then it's their problem. Right. And it's a problem of the Russians. So they're not ready to, to be part of the modern world to be, yeah. they still want to live in a, in a stone age, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> or an inquisition age. So I said, that's their problem. We shouldn't, we, this is our values. Yeah, but you're helping Putin then. I said, but that's our values. And just because you guys are not ready to it, and you don't blame us for supporting right. Putin. You're supporting Putin because you're not ready. But we're not going to give our values up uh, uh, because of the way you think it's it's wrong. So uh, what if we would have hang out, you know, in 1939 or 36, we would have hang out the Jewish flag out, right. know, the Jewish star. Mm-hmm. Would that be wrong? Because most of the Russians are anti-Jewish, you know? Right. Uh, and they're like, are you gay? I'm like, no, I'm not gay, but they asked you that on a show? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, my God. The, <laughs> See, that's even that's so some, funny to me, the fact that like, when somebody says something or questions something, the, even, the, even the ability for someone just to jump straight to that thing that you're actually um, defending as if, as if you have to be. Like, just the extremism on it is just, it's so stunning to me where, some, where somebody immediately assumes like, okay, well, then you must be. Be gay, that thing. right. Yeah. Or that and I, thing. And I just don't understand it. Well, I tried to, uh, you know, but you don't understand it because you're a wholesome American kid. But the the people who grew up yeah. thinking at best that this is it's a sickness mm-hmm. uh, or just a form of perversion or, uh, uh, but most of our Soviets, it's a crime. Right. It's a criminal act. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, having sex with an animal or, or a child. It's against mm-hmm. their will. It's uh, That's what it equals the equivalent equates to, to yeah mm-hmm. equates to the right so as soon as i try to defend gays or lgbt community not because they're lgbt but because they have that right and i keep mm-hmm. saying to them well you must be that i said no it's it's uh, if i defend uh, a prisoner a guy who's in prison or a guy who's in prison who is being beaten up and, and being treated unfairly it doesn't mean that i'm a criminal too right right you know it's it's that whether they have a right or they don't have a right if they don't have that right then fine but if they do have that right then we have to defend that right and you have to be on the right side of history you can't yeah. be on the wrong side of history yeah there were germans there were poles they were uh they were uh uh, Ukrainians who had the, did things against the law, risking their own life and life of their family, trying to protect the Jews, mm-hmm. right? It was illegal at the time, but they knew it was the wrong thing. They knew what, they knew the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. Hey, I'm not gay, but I know the difference between right and wrong. Yeah. It's wrong to, uh, to oppress uh, people who are of different sexual orientation than I am. It's just mm-hmm. wrong. It's it's their life. That's what they want to do. That's how they are. Do they bother me? No. Did right. they ever do anything against me? No. Did they ever? No. You know. 
And even if some of them did, it's not all of them. If some black people uh, committed a crime, it's not all of them. Not all of them, yeah. If there's some Jews that are in a a support different party, uh, political party than I do, it's not wrong. That's their choice. I don't agree with them, but it's their choice. There's no point of now blaming all the Jews for that they're being, you know, on the wrong side. That's the great American experiment, right? And that's why we should uh, keep it. We defend should keep it, it and protect it and defend it. And you and I did it, you know. Yeah, so uh, absolutely. I probably enjoyed it a little more than. But anyway, I love you, Billy. Thank love you, you so heart. much, Yuri. I appreciate I it. This is really fun. great to catch up. Yeah. And thank you for thank you for coming on coming on the show and sharing the history uh, going back twenty eight years. Man, it's hard to believe. <laughs> it's hard to in believe some ways, it feels like we're sitting in the Aerostar. <laughs> lobby right now but it's hard to believe that you're 28 (laughs) oh yeah right no (laughs) i'm 42 my friend how old were you when my dad met you i was 30 oh my gosh wow okay yeah so yeah that's crazy yeah i was younger than you are now much younger than than i am now all right well give uh Give uh, my best to Irene and the kids, um, oh, and I appreciate I'll your time. Send me this. Send me this. I'm gonna send it to them as well. Send I will. Me this podcast, and I'll put it on my uh, on my uh, channel as well for okay. English speakers. Thank you. And uh, yeah. maybe they will leave me alone with a with a gay issue. Like this. <laughs> well, you know, one of my podcast episodes I did in in I recorded in Ukraine a couple years ago when I was in Lviv with yeah. uh with one of the peace corps um staff there right. um, it was great it was really tremendous to get well Lviv is very western Lviv very western, western. Yeah. yeah 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 so awesome all right i gotta you. i gotta run but thank you love so you. much be love safe you very much billy talk to you soon love you bye, bye.